Hi there, welcome to another episode of the Black and Irish podcast. So today on the podcast, we're tackling racism in schools. And you set that tone for your classroom and what's acceptable within your classroom and within your school. And that like inclusion and diversity, that it isn't like a monthly thing, like, oh, yay, it's Black History Month and now we're going to do loads of stuff about Black educators and artists and so on. But in fact, that it's actually deep rooted in the culture of the school and everyday life. I'm Femi Bancale. And I'm Leon Diop. Approaching racism in our schools can often be a difficult thing to talk about, both from the perspective of a student and from a teacher. Today, we want to challenge that. We want to talk about how we can bring diversity and inclusion into our classrooms and challenge and eradicate racism in our schools. Joining us this time on the podcast, we have teachers Emer O'Neill and Brianna Fitzsimons. If you have a student in your classroom who has just experienced racism, they come up to you and like they're maybe in a little bit of shock. They don't know what to do. How do you speak to that student and, and how do you reassure them? Emer, what are your thoughts on that? This is a very important situation and how you handle this situation is crucial. Depending on the support I think that a student gets from you in this period will determine the amount of trauma that they experience. So for me, I like to kind of break it up into three different sections and keep it as simple as possible. One, mindfulness is huge. At that moment in time, take a break or a breath and acknowledge what has been said. Take in what has happened and make a note of how you feel also. And ask yourself here, what is needed? Like, what does the student do you think needing from me? It's important that you acknowledge what has been said to you and that you validate it. It's important that you don't meet whatever is said to you with any kind of invalidation or, or minimization because that is where there will be a massive negative impact for that student in that. Yeah. And things such as gaslighting being like, you know, oh, look, if this, this thing happens every now and then, it's just one of those days this is the type of the way that you don't want to respond saying things like look here you're tough i know you can get through this um, and don't think about it anymore like those kind of responses have negative impacts for people of color when they experience racism what's actually more important in that situation is that they know that you're somebody that they can trust that you are there and that you're, you're sorry for what has happened you think about it in the way that if it was your child your cousin a relative somebody close to you that has been hurt in some way how would you respond to that and, and generally the first thing we would say is I'm so sorry that happened what what happened and, and how yeah. can I help what do you need from me really really simply I think nearly for a student to even have that response given to them it's kind of like oh oh my gosh you know I've actually been met in a positive way I've, I've not been asked loads of questions as in because I think sometimes we get into this over questioning area and actually that's nearly a sense of disbelief when you when you ask too many questions it can have a negative effect on the person who has has suffered from an, a, a racist incident question like do you really think it was racist what happened believe you me if a student comes to you and says that they have faced some sort of harassment or hate speech or racist incident they have 
and it might be very hard for them to actually put it into words and sometimes it can be so so subtle but it's there and again to acknowledge that and to find out and understand what has happened with that circumstance just like the common humanity part where you say things you know let them know that they're not alone you are listening you're going to help them in whatever way they need help and that this situation will be addressed and just that you're there to support and help compassion i think is huge in this area you know even just showing the desire to help and offering words of affirmation or you know looking to the next step like what's the next plan here do we need to go to administration or will we start with your year head or your class tutor you know talk with parents or guardians ensuring that this isn't something that just goes with a ah look sure like are you okay like it'll be grand that is that is the way I think things tend to get dealt with it in turn has such negative psychological effects on our students of color you said there about questioning them and putting doubt in their minds that is it's one of the worst things that you can do you know I remember a scenario where I raised a issue believing that you know something racist had happened to me straight away I was put on the spot and nearly I was you know the guilty party for bringing it forward because the other person had done some good things in in the past or whatever and the last thing that you need to hear when you've just experienced racism is a glowing character reference for the person who's who's just done it like if if you're in doubt you know if you're in doubt of of any scenario just leave it out just like don't say anything you can't be sure as to who said what so don't you know jump over to your other person's side Brianna I might bring you in on this as well I mean what Emer said was pretty much perfect like that's exactly the approach that you need to take um anytime it's happened in the past for me and it's happened more than I'd like to think about students that have come to me it is about hearing them and making sure that they feel seen and heard and understood there's no blame. I only learned the term gaslighting in the last year. <laughs> and and I, I was just speaking to someone about this earlier. I, I said, you know, I wish I had had that vocabulary as a kid so that when this stuff happened to me, yeah. that I would have been able to put a word to that, you know, because it was the how many times I'm sure we've all kind of dealt with these scenarios in the past, but just to go to someone and to feel safe enough to go to someone and say that you've been wronged. And then to have that person that you trusted enough to share to then come and tell you that you're wrong for feeling that way or you're too sensitive or you're relaxed. That's what the damage, that's where the damage happens, right? And so I think even giving students some of that language, um, because I wish I had had someone do that for me when I was a kid, right? And say, I hear you. I understand you let's talk it out. Let's go to a safe space, like physical space where we can have this conversation. If it's not right now in the middle of the hall, make them feel safe, make them feel heard. And then think about those next steps, you know, like thinking about the teacher that it may be, or the administrator, whoever it may have come from. If it's a student, you know, thinking about the actual context of the event is going to indicate your next steps as well. Right. And I think it would be massively important for all teachers to have some sort of training around bias, around diversity, around racism, around intervening in these scenarios. You know, this Absolutely. is something that I never, I, I've been teaching for what, 12 years now. I've never had any training on this, you know, and I've taught in two different countries now at the state and multiple states in America, never had training on this. We can't expect 
all of our teachers to be ready for this. And even having experienced it myself as a student doesn't mean that I'm necessarily perfectly equipped to handle it either. You know, we're all dealing with this together. And I think, Emer, your three steps, like that was amazing. That's amazingly, amazing way to put it, you know, thinking about yourself and your reaction and and being mindful of the situation as well. Because I hear it from a kid and I go, I start fuming, you know, like I want to go and and go kick some doors down and say, what's going on? You know, so I can't do that either. That's not going to solve any problems either. Right. So thinking about my own reaction to their situation is also important. And that is something we as adults need to be able to do as well. What would you do if you find a student to be racist? How do you kind of deal with the, what's the word I want to use here, perpetrator of the action? Brianna, I'll come to you first. Unfortunately, this is something that I have encountered over the last several years. A student, typically, you know, you want to assume the best of kids because ultimately teenagers are still kids, right? Kids don't necessarily know and, and have a full knowledge of intent when they say things or the intent isn't always to cause harm. Sometimes their intent is simply to get a reaction, right? So I try to approach kids with that lens of, okay, I don't know if you realize what you just said or what you just did or what you just drew in your copy or whatever the case may be, but this is the effect that has on on other people. It's a teachable moment. You hope that kids don't necessarily understand the full weight of words and actions and things like that and that's because they are still learning unfortunately that's not always 100% of the time in the past it's usually been a sit down chat with a kid i mean i think every single time i've had to deal with it it's it's been an apologetic kiddo at the other end of the of the conversation you know it's a, oh i didn't realize or i didn't i that's not what i meant and things like that which is fine but it's not letting them off the hook and saying this is what you did and this is why it's not okay and this is what that word means or what this image means or whatever it, the case may be. It's educating them because that's ultimately our job, right? It's 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 tricky because I wouldn't necessarily want to get them in the biggest trouble, you know what I mean? Because I don't think putting kids on the back foot and putting kids, any, putting anyone in a defense position is going to cause, is going to lead to growth, right? Because ultimately you don't want a kid mad at you for getting in trouble for, you know, because that's how teenagers I you got me in trouble <laughs> for this, right? And so it's, it's here's your behavior, here is how it affected other people around you, here's how it affected me as a, as a human being, right? And here's, here's what you need to do next time, or here's, here's what you do instead next time, or here's other things that you can do to re- ex- express what you feel. It's all about giving kids language. It's giving kids tools. It's making them aware. I think a lot of the time comments from students, from kids comes from a place of ignorance. You know, it's, it's just, they don't know, they don't know better a lot of the time. I do think that's actually a very, very important point to make. I think at the start, at the start of your um, reply to me there, you you talk about impact over intent, Mm -hmm. um, which I think is a massive thing, especially when you're talking about children uh, or people 
being on, on the receiving end of racial abuse, you know, mm. impact for intent is something that I've had to learn the hard way, even like in my own adult life. So I can only imagine trying to impress that onto a child. I'm going to go over to you now, Emer. How would you deal with um, a student who has been racist? Brianna made really good points there. And I think like that it is generally does come from a place of ignorance. And as a school and as a community, you have to take a certain amount of what would I say, responsibility for that type of incident occurring in your school. Because if you're doing the preventative work initially and you're ensuring that your school is, you know, intercultural and inclusive and that students are getting very good access to like global learning, you know, things like that shouldn't necessarily happen. Of course, in a perfect world, but I do believe as a teacher, you set the tone for what's acceptable in your classroom. And I know as a teacher, you know, you have a lot to get done in your class. You have your A beginning point and then your destination you want to get to during the class. And let's say someone in the class makes some kind of derogatory comment. As a teacher, you have two options here. Either you ignore it and you continue with the class or you acknowledge it and you, you deal with that. But it's, it's also about how you acknowledge it. Because I think as a, as a teacher, I would say this a lot, this statement a lot. I would say like, okay, guys, that's enough now. That's enough now. That's, what, that's something I would, <laughs> I'm com- I would, it would be a common you know, phrase for me. But when you think about that and you think about what you're actually saying and the message that you're saying so, or that you're sending, so like that's enough now is actually saying that what you've just said is acceptable at some level, but it's enough of it now. Really and truly, like our language is so important because it's not acceptable. My response should really be more like, that is completely unacceptable what you have just said. We will talk about that one-on-one perhaps after class, if that's the easiest way to do it. Or, you know, it can be a case of like, you might as a teacher not even know who it was who has done it. And then we get into, okay guys, if somebody doesn't own up to this, the whole class, are going to get punished. And then again, what we've done then is we've actually taken the highlight off the fact of the, the derogatory comment that that is actually the most important part that we need to investigate. Not who said it, but the fact that it was said and it was heard by a classroom of children. How you respond to that is the most important thing. For me, you can choose to use that as a, a learning moment. This can be a teachable moment where you pause what you're actually doing because this is just as important as the algebraic equation that's on the board. And let's talk about that. So I don't actually know who made that comment, but I'd actually like to discuss that since somebody has had the audacity to say something so overwhelming and unacceptable. And um, and let's just talk about like the effects of what saying or doing something like that can have on a person in the classroom or you know the negative effects on them emotionally and use it as a time to to kind of gain some kind of learning. Like, it's important that you stay calm. And I'm, I'm with you, Brianna, because it's like, when I hear something like that, like, I, it's like smoke, steam is just coming <laughs> out of my Popeye. I'm like, ah! you know, yeah. the back goes up because I'm not just hearing it and imagining what people in the class feel like. I know exactly what they feel like because I've been in that yeah. chair and exactly. I have experienced exactly. that firsthand and you just want the floor to eat you up. You want to disappear. <laughs> yeah. You know? And then of course you cannot forget the affected students because mm-hmm. 
that conversation is all well and good, but did you check in with the students in your class that that comment was directed to? And and I know being the, the person that those comments were usually directed to, that a teacher literally coming to me and just saying, are you okay? Means more than you can ever imagine because they have acknowledged that something bad happened um, that my feelings are adequate and and make sense and I have the right to feel hurt and that I also know now that I have an ally there's somebody here that supports me one thing that I want to touch on as well um, or, or add to that you said there is yeah that the teacher coming over and saying to you are you okay like I think a lot of the time when someone experiences racism they don't necessarily know who to turn to or where to turn and having that person validate that I understand that you may be feeling very angry or very upset about that is so critical. I think people can often feel isolated when they go through an experience of facing racism. The teachers asking, are you okay? Is, is so, so important. I've actually stopped lessons. Like you were saying, I've actually stopped lessons and talked about terminology that's been used. I've gotten half cast and things like that. Um, and so I've actually stopped whole lessons. I said, okay, guys, we're going to talk about this word and where this word comes from and why it's not okay to use. And, and I'm an English teacher, right. And I've, and I've completely stopped whatever I'm doing. And I said, we're going to put that poem aside or Shakespeare aside or whatever we're going to do. And we're going to just talk about this for a moment because we need to talk about the history of these words and the language that, and like where these are coming from. Mm -hmm. Um, and, and why it's not okay. And, and I can talk about my own personal feelings and how that affects me when I hear that word directed at me, or I can just talk about, I mean, I find that when I talk about my personal, you know, my personal relationship with this stuff, that I find it much more effective. Mm. Um, I know not all teachers like to talk about themselves, but I find that I have a better connection with the students and it make more of an impact if I just bring myself, like I'm a human being. I remember being a kid and thinking teachers slept at the school. And so when you say like, well, when you say that this affects me because I'm a person, it completely changes the tone yeah. of the room. And kids are way more receptive yeah. to what you have to say that's exactly a tactic that I would use. And that's not just for racist words. That's also for homophobic words. And I hate the R word, um, yeah. you know, I'm a special education teacher. And like, we don't, like there's just unacceptable words that are, that are used and kids know by now, not in my presence, you know, which hopefully means that they're not using them at all. At all, yeah. I'm a mixed race person too. And I actually, I refer to myself as, as half caste as a kid growing up. And it's only when I learn, and I think it's actually, you know, it would be remiss of us on a podcast about education that we don't educate people a little. So really quickly, the term half-caste, caste comes from the Latin for castus, which means pure. When you say the word half-caste or refer to yourself as half-caste, what you're saying is half-pure. Don't use that word or that term because it, it is really, really derogatory. So anyways, that's Leon's lessons ended for today. Um, <laughs> back, back, to the, back to the point. should I do as a student if I feel that I'm being targeted racially purposefully or accidentally by a teacher or that a teacher is is 
engaging in behavior that could be deemed as racist. So if a student was to come to you and say, like, look, I think Mr. or Mrs. X, Y, and Z teacher is being racist towards me. I don't know what to do. I don't know who to speak to. What, what should I do? So, Emer, I, I know I'm putting you on the spot here a little bit, but what, what no. would you say to a student if they came to you with that issue? Within the school, it's something that, you know, ultimately will probably go to management. And it's something that has, that needs to be known like school wide and, and administrators to figure out how can we better equip our teachers with this knowledge. So like, for instance, the INTO, they've developed and I helped them with one of their modules, which is to sit back and, and actually recognize your, your privilege, your unconscious bias. And when I say privilege, I don't mean that you're wealthy or that you have never suffered maybe being discriminated against in your life. That's not what I mean. I mean, your white privilege because you have not been discriminated because of the color of your skin. And that is really important to understand that when you hear people talk about privilege surrounding people of color and minorities, even that, because like I'm the same as Brianna, I've been teaching for 12 years and I have never been trained in how to handle incidents that involve racism. I, I've never been trained, but it's so important that staff, you can't expect them to just know it is important that as an educational system in Ireland, that we're ensuring that our, our teachers are trained to be able to understand how they can witness and, and, and observe and, and be able to tell an incident of racism and also yeah. where they themselves are underlying racism within certain connotations and slurs that they may say. I don't want people to feel that there's no point in reporting things because times are changing and we really are. There are a lot of organizations like INR that are really trying to make sure that when people report things that there is some kind of resolution. So I urge people to use things like the iReport app to get in touch with their Garda ethnic liaison officer. And when you see something and you do report it, that you specifically say to the guards, and this is something that's really important and people may not know, but that if it is a hate crime, hate speech, a graffiti, whatever like it is, that you specifically tell the guards that this is a hate crime and I want it to be acknowledged and written down underneath that heading. All schools need to have diversity training. <laughs> we keep coming back to the same thing. If teachers are trained, if teachers are given the tools and the language to use, if teachers are coached in how to handle these situations, then I think we're hopefully we wouldn't have these situations to be handling, you know, eventually. You know, I, I've just in talking to teachers over the last year, I've noticed teachers are nervous and teachers are afraid to have these conversations with kids. And so I think there's a lot of understanding that conversations need to be happening and that teachers need to be more involved and open, but they're not equipped yet with the tools to do that. Now is the perfect time. Like I think teachers are open and people in general all over the world, I think we're seeing are open to engaging these conversations. So now is the opportunity to get people on board and trained up and give it give the language to adults and to students now and that way we can kind of seize this opportunity and make a change What 
more diversity and inclusion initiatives can we be doing in the classroom? I think step one on what's so important is that you yourself, you need to broaden your own cultural awareness so that you can feel more empowered as an ally. Brianna said, you know, teachers do feel fearful at times to take on such a beast as is racism. I can understand that. It's said for any task that you're going to take on, if you're not confident in that area or educated yourself, it is very hard to discuss something that is as challenging as the topic of racism. That's where, you know, let's say, for instance, that they've been getting trained up in the INTO have developed a course for primary schools, primary school teachers, where they will reflect on their own um, unconscious bias and their own white privilege, being, of course, that they have not been discriminated against because of the color of their skin. And I think gaining that insight and reflection is so huge as a teacher to understand how you can move forward with your class. Children will follow suit and students, you know, you as a leader, as you go, so, so do they. And you set that tone for your classroom and what's acceptable within your classroom and within your school. And that like inclusion and diversity, that it isn't like a monthly thing, like, oh, yay, it's Black History Month. And now we're going to do loads of stuff about Black educators and artists and so on. But in fact, that it's actually deep rooted in the culture of the school and everyday life that I could walk into your school and I can just look around at the walls and even just see how intercultural you are. I've gone to your library. I see the diverse amount of reading materials and different backgrounds and cultures that are investigated within which and the books, the, the content of books, the pictures that are displayed around the school and in classrooms. It's a thing that needs to be lived every day. I've always thought of myself as a teacher, you're in ultimately in control of what you get to do with your students, right? Sure, there's a curriculum and there are exams and there's things you have to work towards. But within that construct, you get to pick and choose a bit. And so as an English teacher, let's say I have, let's say for the junior cert, there's a whole bunch of different books, films, dramas, you know, poems. I have a, a lot of things I can choose from. And when I, as a teacher, choose the same texts over and over and over again every year, and I don't incorporate those texts that may be from other cultures, then I am doing, as Emer said, a disservice to my students. It is our job to show them the world that's beyond our classroom walls in the best way that we possibly can. So obviously we can't go and travel with them, but we can embrace what we have in front of us. We have students from not just Black cultures, but from all over the world here in Ireland. We have so many different cultures to study. We have languages, things, places I've never even heard of before moving to Ireland and working with students from these countries. Like it's, it's, it's massive, the resources that we have, the human resources that we have in our classrooms right now. And it's, it's a shame that teachers aren't able to embrace that and we're stuck in this kind of the construct of our junior cert and our leaving cert and we have to teach to the exams and all these things that's where I think the breakdown happens and that's where I think teachers struggle because ultimately we need to prepare them to take these tests but is that preparing them for the real world or the diverse world like Gamer said there's things that we can do we can make those choices. We can bring in, you know, on a slow day where we've got other things going on or we have a break between units or whatever, bring in something different, bring, change it up. You know, like if you teach science, teach something 
that's 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 not necessarily on the curriculum, but that you know would be relevant to your class, you know, to your students that would make a difference for them. I know when I was teaching a fifth year class recently, we were doing speeches. And so I brought in a Black Lives Matter speech. I knew that that would get not just the students' attention because it's relevant and current, but it also was meaningful to them. And what came up in conversation were other aspects of Black culture and other incidents going on around the world that they also wanted to talk about. So we kept going. It sparks conversation. When you have conversation, when you bring in information from other cultures and you and you celebrate and you recognize the diversity in your classroom, then you're going to get the students interested. They're going to start learning. They're going to be engaged. You know, heads pick up, pens start going or just light. You just see there we're in masks at the moment, you know, so you're just looking at eyes most of the time. But but you can see the smiles. You can see reactions. You can see stuff. The engagement starts. So, you know, if you're a teacher, make those choices. But you have to be conscious of what you're doing. We have such a massive role to play. And so do parents and guardians at home. Like mm-hmm. the material that you get. Like literally on Netflix, there is a section where you can go on movies where people of color are lead characters. Like show your yeah. children that minority background and people of color that they have done amazing things and show them in areas where they're seen as superheroes, not always that minimized group that's right well because that is not or the yeah, villain, or the yeah. that does not <laughs> the guy that like, dies in the first five minutes yeah yeah that's it <laughs> exactly. yeah picking books that have kids of color as a yeah and the toys yeah all of that stuff those are all conscious decisions not just teachers make but parents have to make and Absolutely. it's not just white parents that have to make those decisions. Those books and those toys and those, all those shows, that stuff should be shown to every kid. That's not just for the black or the mixed race or the you know ethnic minority kids. We're talking about everybody. The best thing you can do is buy a nice book like that where there it do, it is diverse and and buy that for you know your friend's kid or your your niece mm-hmm. or your nephew or whatever you know like that. Really like think about what you're doing. In, in order to help them grow as an individual. It has absolutely been fantastic listening to these ladies speak. If you guys are the educators that the future of the kids of Ireland are, are, are in their hands, then we're in, we're in a good place. Um, mm-hmm. I'm, actually, I'm excited. I, I wish you guys were my teachers growing up. <laughs> <laughs> but no, um, it's, it's been awesome. excellent. Thank you. Guys. I've learned loads. Don't forget you can subscribe to the Black and Irish podcast at rte.ie forward slash podcast or wherever you get your podcasts. Chat to you soon. Thanks a minute.